I like that vaccinations are just, you can have a little bit of COVID as a reward. <laughs> just a little bit. Surprise. As a treat. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that constantly dashes Jared's predictions one episode after the next. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. I disagree with that take. Okay. I think I've actually been pretty accurate. Uh, yeah. My boot order was almost exact from the merge, except right. for an immunity changing two people in the order. Correct. And, I mean... We'll get into it, but I, I basically broke down the two different final three scenarios and said it was going to be a 4-3 uh-huh. if it was Tina and Colby, and You're it just right. went the other way. You were correct. <laughs> you, how accurate you are is impeccable every time. How just like slightly wrong you are is great, which is why I like pulling this information out of you. Mm, yes, get, please continue. To get you on record to do these things. Jared, we finished two seasons. Yes. What what are your thoughts? How do you feel right now? Well, right now I'm microdosing COVID. Okay. So I I feel kind of shit. For those who don't know, that means I got the vaccine again yesterday. <laughs> um, I was gonna say in translation. In translation, Jared got a jab. Yeah, I got a, I got a, I got two jabs. I got the flu as well. I liked season one more than season two. Okay, so. <laughs> We've already jumped to something that I had planned for this episode. You you asked. Let's do it. I did. Oh wow. Okay. We're gonna be ranking the Survivor seasons as we go, Jared. I love this. So Jared, I love this. Right off the bat, I was gonna wait till the end of the episode, Jared, which you've already alluded to. Borneo. Yep. Top so far. Yep. All right. On our Survivor season ranking, we have number one Borneo, number two Australian Outback. We'll come back to this, but for now, that's where we stand. Anything else you want to talk about before we jump right into the episode? I mean, we have a lot to talk about in this episode. So much to um, talk about. Thank you, everyone, for, you know, we I plugged a lot uh, voting. We're recording this on Wednesday, November 9th, and, uh, mm-hmm. 2022. And vote turnouts were super high for a midterm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that we did all of it, but we, we definitely did all of it. My favorite take from the internet was that everyone thought Gen Z wasn't going to turn out, mm-hmm. but... People are like, they turned up. They just would rather be raked over hot coals than answer a call from an unknown number. Correct. Same. <laughs> and I, I'm all for it. It's great. Well, I mean, I don't even know why I voted. Jeb, Jeb's going to win. Jeb Bush? Yeah. Please clap. <laughs> why am I clapping for Jeb Bush? <laughs> oh, that's right. Not everyone's as... as cripplingly online in political circles as I am. That was... You don't know the story of Please Clap for Jeb? No. Oh, this was during the 2016 primaries. During a debate, Jeb said something that was supposed to be like a hard-hitting line or something like that, and he, he no shit, leaned into the mic and said, Please Clap. <laughs> Amazing. Or maybe the moderator did. It's been too many. It's been six years. But it's... It's an infamous piece of... Why would a moderator say, please clap? That seems like bad moderating. I, I think it was Jeb, but also, like, the audience has clapped for everyone else, so maybe he was like... Sure. Please clap. Please. You know? Yeah. Please clap. Get, t- tell me how good I am. 
Before we jump into the episode, emails. Yes. You can email us at SurvivorTBT at gmail.com or get a hold of us in other ways, like on Twitter, the the app that may or not may not be around in a little bit. <laughs> if you want to, you can be Survivor TBT and pay $8 a month for an official check mark that we're not going to. We're not going to do that because that's dumb. Uh, you can also hit us up on Reddit. You slash Survivor TBT. All the fun ways. We're going to jump through these emails real quick because there's a lot of stuff. Our, our emails from our regulars. Thank you so much, Josh. I've been sitting on this one from Josh for a while. There's a lot of good stuff in here. One... It breaks down the goat and breaks down where that came from. Mm. I'm not going to go over it because it's going to take us a little bit, but it's it's great. And, and that's a future season. It's So it's not really. It comes from... Oh, there's not like one moment it happens. So here, I'll let you look at it here. It, it kind of just talks about it. It doesn't have a moment for whatever reason. So oh. it just kind of breaks down these different animals of what like what you would determine what it is there's like a fox a bear a goat and a bunny okay so it says here the fox sets themselves up as the person to beat the bear is the loyal opposition a strong opponent chosen by the fox because of their loyalty the goat, a person who cannot win, who is selected as an easy beat by the fox and the bear. The goat's loyalty is ensured by a guarantee of second or third place. And the bunny, a person selected because of their weakness to lose at the final four. The bunny is also selected because of their general pleasantness. Hmm. General pleasantness. <laughs> general pleasantness reporting for duty. And it says season two is the most obvious example of this, with Colby being the fox, the person that sets themselves up as the person to beat. The bear, or the loyal opposition, being Tina. The goat being Keith, someone who can't win, and the bunny being Elizabeth, selected to because of their weakness to lose at the final four and because of their loyalty. Yeah, lots of, lots of good information there. I, I just think that's interesting for us to, to look at. There is another great graph here of the popularity of the name Colby after Survivor. Whoa! Yeah. When it jumped up, boy babies per 100,000 named Colby. It jumps from around like 60 to one survivor airs almost 200 almost to 200 a 166 percent jump people love them some colby people love them some colby mm -mm, colby and then finally from josh a clip from curb your enthusiasm i can't i'm gonna play it for us but I'm, i can't show the audio on the podcast we can put it in the show notes yeah we can put it in the show notes okay so let's break down that clip for a hot second First thought, Colby's not a terrible actor. No, Colby, Colby leans into this. The whole premise of this is that it's like a dinner where they're inviting Holocaust survivors and this friend, obviously it was either through email or something, word of mouth, and they invite Colby from Survivor. And there's a back and forth about who had it worse, a, a Holocaust survivor or Colby from Survivor. <laughs> And he really leans into it. This isn't my kind of humor, because it, it's definitely that puts you in an awkward situation humor and just big dig in. But It's man. your cringe humor. It's, yeah. it's your Nathan Fielder. It's I mean, it's Kirby Enthusiasm is like the first one to do it. Yeah. I. It's very well done. Like, Colby is a phenomenal actor in that. I was surprised. Yeah. Much better than Dirk and Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know about that, Steven. Oh, uh, we'll talk about that in a hot second. So... Australian Survivor is a little bit different. Australian Survivor, not Survivor Australian Outback, yes. which is the season we are talking about. 55 days. What? 24 players and episodes. 
That's, that's too long. That's too long. This season felt bloated. Yeah. I, man, that's just too long. I couldn't do it. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> we have an email from Michaela. Michaela saying, your podcast is great. Survivor rules. Keep it real. Thank you. You are podcast is G8. Yeah. So th- thank you, oh. Michaela, who has definitely seen the podcast and is listening to this right now. How do you see a podcast? Uh, with your eyes, Stephen. With, with your mind's eye. Yeah. <laughs> we have an email from Tyler. Tyler, who wrote in before, saying, thank you for, for reading off the email. Wasn't trying to promote my Twitter. That was me. I know it wasn't you. That was me. I'm promoting you. I like promoting our fans. Thank you for doing that. A little more on Roger. Was, was honored by the leaders of the Commonwealth in the legislature of governor offices. Officers. Man. He was shortlisted for All-Stars and for the theme of Season 11, but as you said, he was ultimately not selected for either. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. We like Roger. But man, I I don't know how long he could play that game. Yeah. He, he was old for this season. Season 11 would have been kind of rough on him, huh? Yeah. To, to do it again in, a, what, another five oh, years' time? Although then again, five years in a place where they aren't actively trying to punish the contestants for signing up for the show... That probably evens <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, and then we do have a recommendation to watch the Australian version of Survivor, uh, starting with the 2016 season. It arguably arguably outdoes the American version in a lot of ways, particularly the more recent seasons. Hmm. So I'm, I'm totally down for watching it. It's a blind spot for me. I would love to see new seasons of Survivor. I love that. <laughs> Sounds great. So thank you, Tyler. Thank you for writing in. And Carl! Carl's writing in. For episode 13, Carl notes, the one where Survivor contestants discover the internet. (laughs) Love the internet cafe scene. It's so unintentionally funny. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. I love it so much. (laughs) Colby's mom taking 30 seconds to type out, hi, baby. (laughs) (laughs) They gave her a five-minute time limit. It took her a minute per key. Yeah. One. I... B, S, oh shit. Uh, I deleted the whole thing. Uh, Do it again. (laughs) Says, I think Tina's high key calling the shots based on exit interviews. They try to hide it a little bit because they wanted to hide the winner a little better. Uh, But there was an essay that came out online titled The Dog That Didn't Bark that basically predicted Tina was going to win based on how little they showed her in the premiere. So I did read this theory. Oh, interesting. That... And I want to pull it up because I think this was also something that was sent to us. And I want to make sure I get I credit the correct person here. While you're looking that for that. Josh sent us. Okay. While you're looking for that, I we'll, we'll get more in depth on it, but they buried her a little too hard. Yes. Okay, here it is. The, so this is what someone noticed. 15 survivors are shown in in the first season, or first episode. 15 survivors are shown talking while they are the sole person on screen. One is not. During the trek and arrival at the campsites, 15 survivors receive cut shots where they are the sole or primary person in the picture. One does not. From the moment construction is starting on the camps through the entire construction sequence, 14 survivors are given cut or pan shots of working on the camp where they are the sole or primary person in the picture. The 15th, while not working, is shown around the construction and fire building sequences, either commenting or in a pan shot alone. One person does not. Hmm. 
the only person who has no shot of them speaking or solo shot of them working does have one spoken line when they are not on camera and one cut shot when they are doing nothing. And, I mean, it's a lot of these kind of things where it's like, sure. they, they buried her in that first episode. If you single her out too far in the other direction, it then can become obvious to someone with a trained eye. Correct. I didn't catch it, but... I'm also trying to learn an entire cast and get opinions on 16 people so we can talk about it. I, I did notice, and you did talk about, like, early in that first episode when we were going through our people, you don't know who this person is. Yeah. Because they really didn't show her. And I think they did something similar in that first season where, or... No, Rich got a lot of attention in the first episode. Rich got a lot of attention, and I think they tried to flip it the other direction where suddenly, oh, don't look at this person, don't... Don't do it. Yeah, I also think that Rich would get a lot of attention no matter what you try to do mm -hmm. because he is gathering everyone and being like, all right, this is what we're going to do and you, you have to show it. Cause, yeah. yeah. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the emails. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Michaela. All of you for sending in emails. Amazing. I hope to continue getting your emails as we jump into season three next week. But for now, Bumper. So this episode came out on May 3rd of 2001, with the reunion coming out the next day on May 4th of 2001. We did watch both of them. If you're wondering right now, oh, should I go back and watch the reunion? No. Don't do it. Don't do it. We did it so you don't have to. And frankly, <laughs> I wish we hadn't. Season one had a decent reunion. This season did not. Yeah, we'll talk about it at the end of the episode real we quick. We sure will. So a few things that happened in the week between episodes. Millionaire Dennis Tito becomes the world's first space tourist. I didn't realize that would have been that suit that early. Yeah, that's... I, I'm surprised it's only a millionaire, because we're throwing out billionaires up into the Well, it's 2001. <laughs> Gina Mastrogiacomo nailed it. Okay. Who's an American actress on Goodfellas, died at 39. So I don't know Goodfellas, but I'm sure that rings as like an important note for somebody, because 39 is kind of a tragic death, would have caught a lot of headlines. Sure. And... On May 3rd, the United States lost its seat on the UN Human Rights Commission for the first time since the commission was formed in 1947. Probably because of bad behavior, if I had to guess. Possibly. I'm I'm never quite sure how those international committees work. Yeah. If it's in rotation, if it's voted on by like UN councils. I, it could be a lot of things. The top song was still the Janet Jackson song, but a new movie has topped the charts. Go on. The Mummy Returns. Hey, we love some Brendan Fraser. I yeah, unironically love me the, some Brendan Fraser. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast officially stands Brendan Fraser. Correct. And that's what happened in the week between episodes back hey. in May of two thousand one. Hot damn! Let's talk episode because we have a lot to talk about. Kind of. I mean, oh, so this episode's ninety minutes long without commercials, so it was a two-hour finale. Mm -hmm. Boy. They really just packed this episode full to just bloat it. This whole season feels a little bloated. I, I did write down multiple times in my notes that they, they're really stretching. They're desperate for footage out of this episode because they didn't have to. They didn't have to do this with three people for a finale episode. They could have done this with four. They could have done it with five. But they just had to stretch it out. They had to get one more episode out of this season. And they had to... Like, nothing they showed in this episode was bad. Like, if you go bullet point by bullet point, like, none of it was unnecessary. We just stayed on all of the bullet points mm -hmm. for 
five to ten minutes too long. Yeah, you could trim this up and easily add another 20 minutes of footage of for another day or another contested. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. So, this is the finale. The most deserving is the title of the episode. And we start off with the, the recap. They do this every season. It's mm-hmm. the recap of what happened. And... I, I wrote down, ah, oh, look at all the players we forgot. <laughs> and also, Jeff talks about their untimely end. Did they die? That what you don't know is the reunion. Those are all doppelgangers. Yeah. Once you are voted off, you are plunged down the waterfall. Uh, they Avril Lavigne them. <laughs> how, how dare they? <laughs> For the four people that got that, it's a, it's a good bit. <laughs> it's a real good bit. I'm not going to explain it. Continuing on, we have our one final morning nature shot to open an episode for survivor australia yes sure looks like africa though is what i wrote the how they shot it and it's it's just how it it had a lot of oranges mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. up through trees that are scarce at the bottom and heavy on the top it looked like africa mm. and what we're gonna see next season so. i'm so nervous for next season <laughs> i'm so nervous for next season <laughs> But Colby starts out with a whole thing calling the environment the 17th player, and he's right. Absolutely. Part of the reason why I like Borneo better than this season is the environment is there, but it's not It's not a contestant. The environment this season is a contestant. It's not actively hindering them, other than, like, a few things here and there. But <laughs> this season is trying to kill the contestants. Right, and we see now, I mean, this is, the, I'm sure this evolves slowly over time, we see in the post-40 seasons, everyone that's on Survivor loves Survivor. Mm-hmm. They want to be on Survivor. I've talked about this before. But, like, these people kind of hate it now. <laughs> like, they want, they're like, they just want to go home. And we see it in the reunion, too. Like, Mitchell gets asked, like, would you come back? And he's like, uh, no. No. Absolutely not. I was almost dying. Yeah. Let's not do that. If you asked anyone who participated in seasons 41, 42, or 43, if they would come back, they would tell you yes in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, 99% of the time, they will be like, yes, bring me back. I want to yep. do it. I want another shot. Mm-hmm. It, and Colby says that day 40 is 10 times harder than day 20. And I believe him. Yeah. That's maybe underselling it. Yeah. <sighs> Gross. That's pretty much all I wrote down in this section because it's just a lot of them being in their feelings, which is good. Yeah. I'm glad that we're... It felt like at the end of season one, it was kind of like, oh God, please, I, I'm i I'm bored and I want to go home. And mm-hmm. the season, Tina and Colby and Keith are a little more accomplished with themselves. They're like, I've learned a lot about myself and yeah. this sucks, but I have Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think drawing, because of how long they drew out this season, and they didn't have to be there for 40 plus days. Yeah. It just, it got them into their heads and got them into this place of, they, they're checked out. They, yep. they don't want to be here anymore. People are done. And obviously you're out there for long enough. You're going to be tired. You're going to be sick and you want to go home. You want to see your family. But it doesn't have to be that way. I also think part of the awkwardness of this first day is the show has desperately and desperately trying to hide how much Tina hates Keith. Ooh, talk about that. So we've seen a little bit of it with Colby, but like 
we just kind of assume, at least I did, that Tina and Keith are still close. The last we've really seen them interact on a one-on-one basis is back in Ogacore. And we don't see some type of, like, fallout between the two of them. And there probably wasn't one. Um, but once he's gone, like, I mean, obviously there's, like, a little bit of, like, the, oh, we're the last two here. But, like, Tina's dragging him through the mud. <laughs> being, like, you know, talking about, like, how he didn't play a good game and he doesn't really deserve to be there. And, like, they tried to find a way to, like, keep Roger and get rid of him sooner. And w- wild. Yeah. Because, like, the, the differences in their... In the watchability of the the day, like pre and post Keith going home, mm-hmm. is night and day. <laughs> I think it's one of two things. It's Tina talks about how if you don't like someone, you kind of you kind of got to keep that under wraps. You get, yeah, like there's no reason to blow up mm-hmm. like Colby did. But also, Keith kind of checks out he goes off on his own he yeah. he goes away he does his own thing and it doesn't really give that opportunity to continue to build a relationship yeah i'm just surprised he never got a confessional like we see we see colby's confessionals of him being like uh i i can't decide if i want to get rid of or keep keith in all in like a few previous episodes mm-hmm. but we've never gotten tina's opinion on yeah it. And I, a lot of this episode, jump, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but a lot of this episode, everyone talks about how good of a strategist Tina is, but we really don't ever get to see it. And I've surmised in previous episodes that I think she's playing a really good game, but I didn't realize everyone else realized how good of a game that she was playing sure. and that it was so obvious. And if it was so obvious, why didn't we get to see it? Yeah, I want to know... Because we're not there. We don't We don't get to see everything. We mm-hmm. don't get to be there for every interaction. I want to know if this is people... If this is Tina being a great strategist and we're just not seeing it. Or if this is people reading in, in between the lines of something that's not as apparent or not there. And they want it to be there. To, to fill in information where there is none. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's part of it too. And you get some revisionist history from contestants that even didn't vote for her that will say oh yeah you know she won so therefore here's the reasons yeah. why it was, she was always gonna win she she beat me therefore she must be a great strategist right but i but like how much would it have taken to get like how many confessionals do we have of colby who was not the strategist talking about what his strategy will be at a tribal council mm-hmm. versus how many do we get of tina yeah colby is pretty much every episode tina gets Zero, I think. Insane. And this is, you know, I won't get on my soapbox for too long. Um, Unless I do. (laughs) (laughs) Unless some, for somehow, that we just go on. But I I have heard people talk about that the women that have won Survivor are not edited fairly. And this seems like a pretty good case of that. Because how many times in a row... Has Colby been my protagonist of the episode because he has gotten so much of the camera's attention? And I'm, I, I get it. You want to keep it ambiguous. But it didn't feel ambiguous. It mm-hmm. felt like kind of a foregone conclusion, especially once Colby won this last immunity challenge, Yeah, that Colby was going to win. And they just don't show us the moments, or I think maybe mo- most importantly, ask them the questions in individual confessions to give us enough to piece together the puzzle. If you would have told me at this point in the survivor show that the lead editor of this series is 
racist, is sexist, I would be like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on record and say that. Well, I mean, I yeah, can see it. We don't. I don't know the lead editor's name, but if somebody, but it would it would align with what we're seeing in front of our very faces, uh-huh. even if that was not their intention. Yeah. I'm gonna move forward because we're gonna. We have lots to talk yes. about still. We we get tree mail where we're instructed to carve a totem, an idol, whatever you want to call it, and make it your own, and then bring it with you for what we're going to do next which is yeet it into a river <laughs> i wrote down that exact thing <laughs> so yes we're gonna re- in, we're gonna yeet it into the river i i wrote down i was like oh this is really nice like thoughtfulness giving back to the land yeah yeet <laughs> <laughs> they really they really do stress that this is about <laughs> reflection it's about nature and what you've taken from the land mm-hmm. and you want to give back a little bit so yeah i i kind of find that cool but then we take that and we use that for our our memory walk and i call it the memory walk different from what we had last season yeah and this is what i love about survivor and i wish they did it still or at least a truncated version of this i did love so the memory walk uh-huh the first person out was dead yes none of the three of them have ever met dead no <laughs> so they just had to, I mean, on the plane, but like you weren't allowed to talk. So it's literally just like, oh, yeah. And then keep moving. Except Deb. Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, but do- the whole thing was very, I, I, I like the memory walks. I don't know when they go away, but I hope they're around for a while because it's, it's cool. Like yeah. we're not going to see, the jury's not everyone mm-hmm. and not everyone's going to watch reunion shows. Like I told you. Don't. Don't uh, do it. Don't do it. So it's cool to get those last, like, you know, parting messages of, like, what were some highlights of that person's time on the show. Yeah. And they expanded a little bit. And in this season, it was mostly just clips of the people. I think it was entirely clips. It was, yeah. You would just see them doing things, and it would be over music. Whereas in other seasons, they they have a better way of doing it where they, they layer either the people who are doing the walk talking about these people or clips from the people actually saying things and saying how they played and what they wish they would have done differently or something like that. And it makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. Although, did you notice that when the footage they had for Scoopin, he's holding his hands to the fire? (laughs) I didn't notice that. I don't think they meant to do it, but he's warming his hands on the fire as the opening shot on the walk. And I'm like, guys, why would you do that? Why would you do that? But Okay, I did notice that (laughs) Nick only gets two clips, like four seconds. Shocking. What is this editor have against this person? Dude, I, like, I was expecting when we got to, I've gone on a lot about Nick because the show won't. I was expecting when we got to Nick's Where Are They Now, you were going to tell me something like similar to Greg, where like production hated him. He was mm-hmm. so hard to work with. No. Nope. He's a, a very accomplished and intelligent gentleman. And a charismatic guy. Yeah. Like we see in the reunion and a couple of very brief moments during the show, he's funny. Yeah. Even the trivia game, he's funny. He put in his survivor application that he would want to be stranded with the pope and, and bill, bill clinton, clinton. Yeah. because he thinks he'd be rescued really quickly it makes sense he's I like smart it. and he's funny and yeah. they just don't okay 
rant over. <laughs> Last few things from when they get up, they, they walk up to essentially where the, the waterfall is, where they're going to eat these totems. And they do a little bit of reflection before they eat. And Keith says, I don't think I'm going to be in the last two. No, Keith says, I don't think I can win. Keith, uh, I think Keith says, that, uh, not me in the last two, but I think he's like, I don't think, I, I don't think there's a way I walk out of here with the million dollars. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Keith knows that? Like, he's self-aware enough to know that he can't win the jury vote? Mm-hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> Which, they don't, if he doesn't, that's when I knew he was going to go home, because mm-hmm. they don't keep that in if he makes it to the final two. Unless, fair, fair. Okay, I guess I should say, that's the moment where I knew he either went home... Or wins. Or wins. Correct. Because there's no way you keep that in if it's going to be like a Colby 7-1 or 8... Uh, or a, a 6-1 or 7-0 vote. Yeah, I agree. You're right. A couple other re- reflections. Tina says, I'm going to go home and nurture my family after this. And Colby says that when you're out here, you appreciate the little things. And I wish I had done a little bit more of appreciating the little things. Yeah, wasn't Tina... Isn't Tina a stay-at-home mom? Tina is a stay-at-home mom, and I think at this point a traveling nurse as well. Okay. Like, we oh, talked about right. maybe like a hospice nurse kind of a situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you already... Your whole job is nurturing your family. Like, don't beat yourself up. It sounds like that's your whole... that You've been you've been doing that, yeah. but I don't know her life. I don't know your life. And then we get jump into immunity. <laughs> well, no, we all sit on the cliff and think about these things sure. one at a time while a helicopter takes an aerial shot. Sure. And then we anticlimactically throw a totem into a river that falls like 60 feet down because it's a waterfall. Yeah. And we never see it again. And we gave back to the land. We have so many great shots in Survivor. And the one shot that I really wanted in this scene is seeing the totem fall down. Yep. And we don't have it. No. Nope. It's not there. <laughs> eh, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Immunity! So this is the yearly trivia game trivia game but at the tribal council set so i have one very small quality of life thing that jeff doesn't do that i want him to start doing okay saying the jury's name as they walk in because it's so awkward the silence as they walk in one by one yeah and i'm like just say their names just please just go on say their names that has to happen soon right? i hope so i I can't imagine a world where that goes on for too long. It's not weird when you only have like one to three jury members, but the later you get in the game, it takes longer and longer and it's just awkward. Yeah, you either don't show the entire process of them walking in or you read their names. Yep. Easy as that. (laughs) Anyway, this trivia is on your fallen comrades. Essentially, people who you voted out already. Great. The ones we've murdered and kicked down the waterfall. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any of these questions that you want to pick out? I have the entire list. Oh, wow. Okay. I do want to ask you first. Go on. Which quiz do you think was better, more fair, whatever you want to qualify it as, this season's or last season's? I think this season's is more fair. Agreed. Because there is a lot more. None of the questions were felt out of the blue. Like, if you got to know these people even slightly, you would be able to pick this out. They felt much more like, yeah, like get, like, did you get to know these people rather than like, Mm -hmm. did you remember what color pants they brought here? Except for one where Mm -hmm. they actually have, and I'm like, that is a nondescript pair of khaki shorts. Correct. Which I'm, I'm cool with actually. It's, it's weird. It's specific, but Hey, these people were wearing this for at least 20 plus days. Sure. Like, Hey, take a look. The only thing that was odd 
is they had two, two questions uh-huh. about what they had put on their survivor applications. Yes. And I was like, how would did you know they that? get access to all of their survivor applications? No. So you're just supposed to guess based on their personalities. Yeah. That does seem a little out there. Yeah. And the I think it was the second. What was the second to last question? That was the stranded with Bill Clinton. Oh, no. Point. I'm thinking of the, the last one. Dean's list five semesters. Like, yep. that's not something that someone's going to bring into casual conversation. Yeah. It does drive me crazy that they kept guessing Nick for the college-related questions. I'm like, he's not graduated yet. Like, they're like, who has a master's? I'm like, guys, he's in school. Why are you guessing him? Well, he's in law school, so he would have already gone to undergrad. Yeah, but grad school is where you get your master's. Correct. So, usually, if you're going to law school, you only have your bachelor's. I mean, you can have your master's, yeah, but... Yeah, you, you can get a dean's list in the... Oh, no, I was thinking about a different question, sorry, where they ask who has a master's degree, and it's Roger. Oh, fair. But okay. they all vote Nick. And I'm mm-hmm. like, why are you voting Nick? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. There, there really weren't any crazy ones. I think the showing a picture of Elizabeth's brother was a little out there, too. True. You're like, okay, we can talk about a person for days and days and days, but if I show you a picture and say, who is this person, you've never seen them before, why would that change now? Why, yet, why would you know who that is? All of them kind of got it right. They, Keith got it half right. He forgot the name, but I think he knew who it was. Yeah. He didn't get credit for it. He didn't because, get credit for it because he didn't write down Elizabeth's brother. I was actually felt bad for Keith in that moment. Like, you went for the name because you thought you had to go for the name. If that would have made or break it, I would feel a little worse. But he was, oh, he he was, was nowhere near winning that one. Yeah. yeah. So we get through this challenge, and it's... A dead heat between Colby and Tina through the whole thing. And then Colby wins it on the last question. And this one's, again, it's like a coin flip. Like, I don't think any of them knew it. I think they just took a guess. Yeah. And Colby guessed right. Colby guessed right. Good for you. Amber, their proudest achievement is Dean's List for five semesters. Cool. Just. Jared, how many times were you on the Dean's List? I don't fucking know. You don't know? No, because uh-huh. I am not proud of asinine accomplishments. <laughs> maybe this is why we didn't get more of Amber. Because <laughs> maybe Amber is just actually boring. I'm kidding. She's very lovely in the reunion. Jared, I was on the Dean's List seven times. And it doesn't matter because I have a degree in theater. <laughs> right. Who cares? That's fun. <laughs> anyway, Colby wins. And then we go right from that straight into the boat. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's one vote. We go into Colby deciding who he wants to take. But I, I expect, like, some questions or something from, from Jeff. I don't know. They did this season one, too. It's very odd. Yeah. It, I get it. They want to hustle this along. They don't want you to tip your hat who you're voting for. But, I don't know. Having, having tribal at... Or having immunity challenges at tribal puts you in these situations where, like, oh, okay, now we've got to skip this part of the usually scheduled program yeah just give one question to keith and tina and say why me why Boom. me done yeah i i was still even with that even though i said that when keith said that like i was like oh yeah he's either going home or winning mm-hmm. i was still like wait but okay he's gotta take keith right <sighs> nope you would think and tina then ends the season, and I, I was I wrote this down as a question, but it gets answered by Amber in the in the final jury vote. Okay. Tina ends all the tribal councils without receiving a single vote against her, mm-hmm. just like Kelly in season one. Correct. And we'll talk about that. Moving on. Oh, sorry. Colby votes out Keith. Keith 
is gone. He is the final member of the jury. And somewhere in the world, Jared celebrates. I'm sitting on a train watching this, taking my notes, and I'm like, Jared's happy now. I am. Does Keith come back? Keith does not come back. This is the last Now, Jared. Yes! Jared, I want to talk about Keith. Okay. Let's post show, and I'm going to make this quick because we've been Well, this is, he's gone. This is the where are they now. Yeah, this is the where are they now. What do you think of Keith as a person? We have a season of episodes <laughs> to answer that question. Cool. You don't like Keith. Keith is honestly probably one of the most kind and interesting people beyond the show. Go on. <laughs> Keith finishes the show he he okay we talked about how he was originally slated for borneo but all the spots were filled so they yeah. put it pushed him to this one which again i i would have paid good money to mm-hmm. watch him and sean just talk would have been great for like 10 minutes keith goes on to have a show on the food network he has anti-charisma <laughs> uh apparently not it, well, well, I guess it didn't last for too long. From 2003 Dude, to 2004, he has a show on the Food Network. Shitty stepdads that don't like the fact that the person they're marrying has kids are Keith's sole demographic. He then goes on to make Emmy-winning documentaries for various different sources. He has multiple PBS documentaries, some of which, like, I want to... Oh, I wish I have. Hold on. Pulling up the list. Are we going to watch a Keith documentary for the bonus episode between three and four? I would actually be cool with it. So Keith does documentaries about like difficult subjects. He has one on, De- well, okay, that one, not so much. Detroit, the city of hot rods and muscle cars. That's one that is difficult subject. But some of them are, there was a documentary about concentration camps, there was a documentary on One Soldier's Story, The Embrace of Aging. There's a documentary about, uh, oh, where is it? I want to see it. Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay, that's the first important one you said. <laughs> there is one about people with Down syndrome who succeed in, like, succeeding with the stigma of Down syndrome. Like, he does some pretty cool things. And he now looks like Colonel Sanders. Ah! <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that is Keith now. Ah! Ah! <laughs> so, I just want you to know that Keith is a pretty cool guy, despite what is shown on Survivor. Fuck! <laughs> I love it! Now, again, he could be doing all of these amazing things and still be a dick or sure. hard to work with, and I get that. But, man, the guy is is doing some pretty cool things. Through. People contain multitudes, but the fact that you have now double whammy me <laughs> with Elizabeth being, like, a Bush supporter that was gung-ho for the Iraq War mm-hmm. and Keith being a... Emmy award-winning documentarian on Down Syndrome. Yeah. 
I'm mad at you. Yeah. I'm mad. You let me sit here in front of a mic for like six goddamn weeks knowing all of this. Yeah. So of the two guys from Michigan in this season, one starts off pretty okay, gets awful, and it only gets worse. One starts awful, and then you're like, oh, wait. He's good. Okay, well, in my defense, I always liked Keith more than Scoopin. That's fair. <laughs> totally fair. Anyway. That's because of the sex crimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real low bar, but we're here. Oh, the bar's in hell. Yeah. So, there you go. That's Keith. I mean, he's also pretentious, so it makes sense that he'd be like, oh, yes, documentaries. This yes. is where I'll make my art. Yeah. I did look up if he was still with the woman that he proposed with. I, I couldn't find anything... So, I don't know. That's fine. Like, I don't, I don't really care if Keith is divorced or married, because okay. divorce isn't a, divorce isn't a failure. It's not. No. It's, it's a, you know, relationships are incredibly complicated. People outgrow them. Things don't work. We only have judgment of what's in the present, not what's in the future. Like, of all the things I hold against Keith, and that list is long, <laughs> and you can probably make a, like, a mashup reel that would last an hour or longer if he got divorced. I, that's not one of them. Yeah. Proposing and making a, a spectacle of it on a chat room in Australia? That's one of them. Oh, but Jared, he's a filmmaker. He's just creating film. He's creating art here. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> there. Okay, there's not a whole lot that happens the next day. They don't even no. get a feast, which is kind of... Season one didn't either. Didn't they? No. Oh. Because you, you commented that there's no, uh, there's no feast. That's a bummer. <laughs> So yeah, they, they're sitting around, they talk about, they can finally burn the candles and not worry about letting them burn out. How long have they had candles? They've had them for a while. I think oh. somebody won them in a reward challenge. Also probably care packages. But, uh, that makes sense too. And then they talk about how, well, what are we going to do? They start breaking down the camp. Yeah. They start throwing things in the fire and they get to the tribe flag and they say, okay, what are we going to do with the flag? Do we, do you want to play a backgammon for it? No, no, no. Winner of the season gets the flag. Which I have had... I've heard this discussion before. Mm -hmm. But usually it goes the other way. The, the second place person gets the yeah, flag? Yeah, second place person gets makes the flag. Makes more sense. First place person gets a million dollars. I understand where they're coming from, though. Because both of them... I, I don't believe... Okay, season one. Mm -hmm. Kelly and Rich. Yeah. If Kelly wins, I don't think Rich would believe that Kelly deserved to win. Sure. I don't think Kelly believed that Rich deserved to win. No. But these two actually view each other as equals and both believe that the other is just as deserving as they are. So it makes sense that they would do like a winner take all. Mm -hmm. And I do want to, when we announce the winner, I, we, I do want to talk about that specifically because there mm -hmm. is a good moment when that happens. Yeah. And then they, they really, that's it. They, we get the, we get the stuff I talked about earlier, the Keith conversation of like that they want to try to get rid of him earlier and keep Roger, but they couldn't figure out how to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that Tina would have kept Colby if she had won the challenge. Yeah. So either way, this was going to be the way it was. Yep. Great. Unless Keith won, Keith was going home. Yeah. Did, did he say who he would have kept? I don't think so. Okay. I think it probably would have been Tina. Col they, both Tina and Colby think it would have been them. Sure. I think it probably would have been Colby that was going home, but yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So that's really it. And then they, they walk to Final Tribal. They talk about how this is the last time we're ever going to walk this road. And four hours later, they're there. And four hours later, they made it to Tribal. I want to talk about one other thing in, in the framing of this season's finale versus last season's. Okay. 
So to America at the time, in the year 2000, the villain won Survivor. Mm-hmm. Boy, did they lay it on thick this episode that either one of them is a worthy quote-unquote winner. Correct. They are trying to reverse course from being a show where the bad guy wins. And they are really overdoing it. Mm -hmm. They're trying to, they're basically trying to erase Rich. (laughs) Uh, They're going to have a hard time doing that. Uh, Yep. Cue six seasons later. (laughs) I shouldn't say they're trying to erase Rich. They're trying to erase Rich being the prototype for future winners. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) So we get to Final Tribal, and Jeff talks about how, man, shit's been tough, right? (laughs) Okay, let's start Tribal. Um, And then they they really, they, they give them their time, like any other Tribal, Final Tribal. You start with an opening statement. Mm-hmm. They set this up like... A court. A court, yeah. exactly. You have opening statements, you have people asking questions, and then you have closing statements. Did you have any thoughts on opening statements? <laughs> I found... I found them interesting. Not what I expected. No. Especially not out of Tina. Tina talked about strategy, outwit, outplay, outlast. She forgot the fourth pillar, outback, steakhouse. But also she talks about don't be butthurt. Yeah, so I wrote down that this this is a very interesting and I don't think good approach. Yeah. Uh, the the first part of it, fine. Mm-hmm. And actually it seems like, like one thing throughout this final tribal that I am impressed with Tina on is she stays on message. Yeah. Nobody asks her a question that she doesn't talk about how good of a uh, game she played strategically. Mm-hmm. She doesn't bring up that she never got any votes. I think she should have brought that up at some point. But she basically rubbed the fact that her life is good in everyone else's noses. She's like, this isn't a direct quote, but she's basically like, you know, my I have kids and a, and a husband who loves me more than anything else waiting for me back home. My life is really good. Yeah. I hope that for all of you someday. Yeah, I hope you go home happy. Like, it was really kind of gross. <laughs> I, I don't think it was intended to be gross. It was not intended to be gross, but it was. It, it, it was. It was. It was a little bit. I wish she would have brought in what she said to Colby the night before, where she said, I have never made more than minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. Like, other than that one time I was a flight attendant, I have made minimum wage my entire life. I'm like, that's a good thing to say to the jury, man. Which also upsetting that traveling nurses at the time were making minimum wage. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. It sure doesn't. Roof. Roof? Rough. The roof is on fire. (laughs) Yeah, so that was a bold strategy, going after the the jury and being like, listen, you have no control here. Yeah. My life is so good, regardless of what happens tonight. Fuck you. And then Colby goes in the, I don't know that I deserve it over Tina. Tina's great. I really liked his speech, actually. Did you really? I did, because he says... Uh, he says, you know, the question for me is going to be, you know, what's the one thing that, you know, makes you better at this game than Tina? And he goes, I don't know that there is one thing. Mm-hmm. And he talks about being a jack of all trades. And he's like, I think I did everything in the game really well. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a really, it, it, there was a lot of humbleness in his open state opening statement. And he talks, you know, he could use that jack of all trades to talk about all of the pillars. He does not. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I do wish, and I know it's different from season two than it is from season 42. I think 
if this were a modern season, he is the queer favorite to win. Yes. He he needed to differentiate himself from Tina and say, hey, these are the things that happened. I did this better. I did this better. Mm-hmm. I did this better. To really make the statement like, hey, I'm not trying to be bragging. I think Tina's great, but I should, I'm the most deserving here. Yeah. I also, you said that Colby's the clear favorite. He's the clear favorite to us. That's fair. I don't know that he was the clear favorite from what we see afterwards. And there's revisionist history, mm-hmm. but this reminds me a lot of, I won't spoil it, but a post 40 season where all of us thought uh, one guy was going to be going in as a favorite and the everyone was pretty mad at the editors because someone else won and everyone's like at all the exit interviews are people talking about how good she played the game yeah and they're like why did we not get to see any of it and this it's interesting that this parallels that pretty closely honestly yeah i think just the different it can't be stressed enough that the era is so different people aren't looking for the same things that they are now no just a real bummer although this I, i don't know i still think this felt this final tribal is better than season one's final tribal. Yes, 100%. And it it didn't feel that far off from a... Except for the format, because they, they're asking individual questions, which I do like more than the open forum. Mm-hmm. I don't think it felt that different from modern uh, from a modern final tribal council. I mean, it, yeah. It really didn't. It's... It, it felt more open. It felt more strategy questions. Nothing seemed to, like be putting them in a place to make them look bad. It was just, all right, yeah. answer this question honestly. So let's get into questions, shall we? Mm-hmm. Just going down the line, and we may skim over some that are less interesting. Sure. First up, Kentucky Joe, tell me when you lied. Did you play the game as ethically as possible? <laughs> I, <laughs> I love Colby's answer to this question. He's like, well, you know, or maybe it was Tina's. I don't remember which one, but talking about like, I think it was Tina, that Amber would come to them every night and be like, okay, who are we voting out? And like, oh, well, the last time we were voting for her, I lied. I'm like, well, yeah, of course you did. Yeah, that was Tina. You're not going to be like, Amber, it's you. That was a bit, that was, that was really good politicking because it answered the question with something that was very benign. Very benign and very clear and obvious to everyone. Yeah. Yes, that was Tina and Colby was like, hey, I told Jerry that me, Amber, and Jerry were going to the final three. That clearly didn't happen, so that was a lie. Nor did he intend on it happening. No. (laughs) But, I don't know. Amber, what three things got you here and what do you... Uh, What are the first three things you'll buy? Oh, yeah, yeah. the second part of her question. Do you have any thoughts about this one? Not really. This one's kind of rambly. It is. I thought... Asking them to name six things that are in two different... One that's game-related, one that's post-game-related is messy. I thought that leading off with the Harley for Colby was a little... Wasn't the best strategy. Bro, you won a Pontiac Aztec. What <laughs> could you, more could you possibly need? A second Pontiac Aztec. He almost had one. I know, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. If you flip around that order, I think it sounds better. Like he mm. talks about taking care of his mom buying his dad's office building that he fixed up and refurbished and the first thing that he leads with i want to buy harley i want one so bad like you flip that around it sounds way better yep it's important what you lead with yeah (laughs) and this answer wins elizabeth's vote yeah for tina yeah she talks about paying off her house paying off her friend's house and setting up a fund for 
a family in need where the interest gained off the fund would be used to pay every year. Yeah. Which is the same idea as like a scholarship fund. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a good idea. It's how people make money. If you have a lot of money, you could use that to make money. Crazy. (laughs) Infinite money hat glitch. Just have money. (laughs) Oh, it's sad, but it's true. Elizabeth, who do you exclude from the million or from the final two? (laughs) This was so rough. It was, there's, yeah, there's seven jury members. Mm-hmm. Pick all but two mm-hmm. that you... Or pick two that shouldn't get a million dollars. A strange way to ask it. Yeah, she... Why? Yeah. Why? Why do it this way? But she wanted to put people on the spot, I think. And I think she wanted it to be more than one, because she's like, if I ask one, it's going to be Jerry. For both of them. <laughs> and it was. Both, and it was. Both said Jerry. Interesting that... It, she also said very specifically, you cannot elaborate. Yes. I just need a name and that's it. Yep. Tina says Jerry and Roger, and Colby says Jerry and Keith. Yeah. Tina's, again, politicking it better because I think she knows, she's like, Roger has a lot, you know, has what he needs. Roger doesn't care about money. Yeah. Um, are you looking up the who voted for who? Yeah. Keep, keep going. Yeah. And he's, you know, he kind of gave up his spot to keep Elizabeth around another three days. So, like, I get it, but I think she was, I think she was politicking pretty well on that answer yeah keith did not vote for colby so just throwing that out there yeah (laughs) interesting but also roger didn't roger voted for uh roger voted for colby yeah so like it balances right i i feel like you're put in a position like okay who are the people who are not going to vote for me yeah that's who i would say (laughs) yeah oopsie doops keith when did you manipulate to get out or to get here this question's already been asked. Yeah, it's already been asked. Asked and answered, my college professor would say. And we would move on. Colby says, Tina and I decided to take Mitchell out. We decided on a walk to Tribal. And Tina says, same. So it's really a waste of a question. Shocking. Moving on. Alicia, what are you proud of, slash least proud of, out here? I like that question a lot. It is. It's a good question. Give us a high, give us a low. It's... It's a pretty generic question, but it, it does. It puts him on the spot. And it can tell you a lot about somebody. Yeah. Tina, the role I played slash how much I was giving out here. And it, Tina, every tribal council is the least I'm proud of. I don't, I don't like tribal councils. I don't like sending someone home. Yeah. Which is a bit of a cop-out answer. But she yeah. probably bought Keith's vote with being like, hey, remember when I let you win immunity? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Oh, giving up immunity. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. And then Colby was like, yeah, that immunity bucket challenge where I came from behind, I was in last place, and then I won. Weird that the challenge beast is like, yeah, that time I won a challenge. I, I liked his answer, actually. His elaboration on it was good, basically being like, that was the moment I had, because that's the moment mm-hmm. that they were all, I mean, Jeff sees them in such desperate straits, he goes and brings them more rice for yeah. their camp. And that's probably the moment he had to dig the deepest, because he was really far behind in that challenge. Yeah. And hustled to finish it. So I think that's just, yeah, that was a really big win. And I you know, pushed myself harder than I thought I'd be able to. And I like that answer. I like his second part of the question better. He he says his least he's least proud of how little respect he's given for the land yeah. since he's been here. He ha- he's been in such game mode that he doesn't really like, he hasn't taken the time to be like, oh, this place is gorgeous. Like I'm out here in nature in this beautiful place. And I really haven't taken advantage of Starving it. Starving to death. Yeah. Well, that's probably why. Nick, who would be here if not for scooping falling in the fire? It's a good question. And Nick's a little bitter. Nick's a little bitter, 
but he's absolutely right. Yep. They would have ran the table had uh, not Scoopin huh? fell into the fire. I want to know what your answer to this question is. Ooh. Who do you think would be the two? Because they would be two Kucha members that were up there. Absolutely. I think... I think it would have been Varner. Agreed. And I think it would have been... My heart says Elizabeth, but... I think it's either Varner and Scoopin or Varner and Alicia. Because they had a really strong alliance, and mm-hmm. they were the smartest people on their tribe. I think people get nervous at Alicia for being a challenge beast. And I don't think Alicia runs the table like Colby does. I don't think challenges. she does either, but I think if, if Jeff is manipulating enough people, I think he can make it... Or if Varner yeah. is manipulating enough people, I think they can make it work. Yeah. So that's my two. Is yeah. I think it'd be Varner and Alicia, but... Yeah. I think Varner... I think the other one's more of a toss-up. Okay. Could be anyone, depending on situations. I think Elizabeth would be good there. I think Roger would be good there. But also, they're the likable people, so maybe they'd get the boot in, like, that four-ish spot. Five, four or five area, yeah. yeah. Jerry! Oh, sorry. Colby says Nick and Scoopin, and Tina says Scoopin, and, and no one pumps else. it. Yeah. How, how do you let her get away with that? That, yeah. That was kind of dumb on her part. Yeah. Jerry, clear your conscience. No question. No question. Just clear your conscience. And Tina talks about checking Kel's bag for jerky. She feels so bad about checking for jerky. Like, really? I think it's a good answer. That person's not sitting on the jury. So you're, it's not, you're not bringing up a, a bad moment for them again. Mm-hmm. And it's an invasion of privacy and something that's like objectively wrong, but it yeah. happened so long ago that yeah. like, I mean, no one on Kucha gives a shit. Fair. <laughs> And Colby says getting er, voting Roger, Elizabeth, and Alicia off. Nothing for Jerry. No. <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry. Uh, very clearly nothing for Jerry. He yeah. There is so many sour grapes there. Yep. And then we get to the final word section. Give us your closing statement. And Colby says, I have no words. Colby says, I don't want this million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Hey, I know I've worked for 40-ish days to be winning a million dollars i don't want to say a closing statement he literally could have just phrased it differently and had the same thing and it would have been fine he could have just said something along the lines of i think my actions over these 42 days speak for themselves and i hope you'll hold me on my accomplishments something like that one sentence my brother in christ you have been here for 42 days think of one sentence what are you doing Yeah, just just rough, man. Just do something. Tina talks about anything she did wasn't personal. It's all strategy. Yeah. Like, the, I didn't enjoy getting rid of you all. I didn't enjoy scheming and manipulating. I had to, like the game Backgammon. Oh, I had to cover the man. That's what that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to cover the man. I don't know how to play Backgammon, so it meant nothing to me. I don't either. <laughs> So that's it. That's it for the questions. Do you have anything here? No, but... Wait. Huh? Steven, do you hear that? Oh, what is it? There's a helicopter coming. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, everyone votes, and then Jeff's like, hey, BT Dubs, we're reading these live. I don't know if we told you in advance, but uh, I'm gonna hop in this helicopter, and I'm gonna fly all the way to America. No, he's not. In this helicopter. But he's not. But that's my favorite thing that Survivor does for a while, Jared, is they try to make you think that he's just like going from this one spot and then to this other spot, despite the fact that months have passed. He tells you it's months. Almost an entire year has passed. Yep. 
<laughs> I guess, oh, I did have one thing. Amber is really salty. Yeah. In her in her vote, oh, yeah. uh, she is really salty at Tina. Yeah. We, we see four votes, two of which, it's two and two. Survivor will do this. I thought we saw three. No, we saw four. We saw Amber. We saw... We saw uh, Alicia's. We saw Amber's. We saw... Did we see Roger? I thought we saw two for Tina and one for Colby, but I could be wrong. I thought that we saw two and two. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't change the vote spread. No. But yes, we then hop in the, the helicopter. We have a montage of Jeff flying in on the... Again, this is my favorite thing that they do because I, they have so to set wild. this up. They have to film this in advance. So I'm assuming they filmed it the night before where it has to be dark out of the helicopter landing on a pad, someone letting him into the building, him walking out and like walking to the stage with urn in hand it's so extra i love it it gets even more extra my favorite and this is a slight spoiler for a later season i don't remember what season it is they insinuate that he jet skis all the way to new york i watched that as a kid okay. i remember i don't remember what season it is i don't remember winner i don't remember contestants anything like that but i have a very vivid image of jeff jet skiing with a jar <laughs> past yep. the statue of liberty yep it's beautiful. I cannot wait. Ugh. So yeah, we're in LA. We're live in LA. We have live band and singers. I feel bad for the singers because they are just repeating the same thing for <laughs> at least 10 minutes. Yeah. It's brutal. But they are reading sheet music and I think that's hilarious. It's not, at, at what point do you say, okay, I know what this is. I got it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and and mm, that French horn though. French horn. No. I love a good French horn. No, no. Didgeridoo. Well, yes, the didgeridoo, also great. But that French horn. Mm. French horn's good. We show up. Everyone has healthy weights now. Colby looked so different. He looks so different. He actually has, like, his face filled out. I think he put on weight from what he looked like in, like, the first episode of Survivor. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if many of them have eating disorders for a while after this season. Yeah, your body is just in shock. We talked about this. Like, it, it cannot handle jumping all the way back into full-on hey here's three course meals a day don't you're gonna throw it all up yeah <laughs> everyone is wearing the same clothes from the tribe the final tribal council why did they make them do that your guess is as good as mine in, i guess in case we forgot who they were someone had to be like all right save these clothes remember what you're wearing because you're gonna have to wear them for the reunion show Live in LA. Yep. Okay. Sure. Whatever. These, these might have actually even been like, I mean, they're probably their own clothes, but like given to costuming for six months and like, you're not allowed to take these home. <laughs> I guess. Fine. But even the, even the ones that Colby and Tina were wearing. It's weird. Like, oh, please. I hope you wash them. Survivor. I'm sure they did. We went from a little, the show being a little underproduced in season one to just just a little overproduced in season two. We're, we're overcorrecting. We we sit down. Jeff talks about or talks to the contestants. Colby talks about how I mean you could have millions of Survivor seasons, but you're never going to be able to predict the winner. And At, I said, uh, what? Jared. <laughs> All right, Jared. It's your challenge. There's. People have predicted winners. Like, I mean, I guess, I, I think he was probably saying from, like, the beginning. Yeah. But, like, come on, man. Like, you, you, it's... Yeah. I thought it was cute. I was. You're yeah. right. 
And then we we talk about how the winner gets another Pontiac Aztec and the, the tribe flag. Yay. And runner-up gets 100 grand. It's going to be so awkward when they have to shift off the Pontiac Aztec because they're no longer making it. Yeah. But also, you're right about the overproduced because they talk... They don't talk. The audience is so ungodly quiet. Mm-hmm. Like, they clearly told them, do not make noise. There's, like, someone in the crowd with an AK-47 being like, if you fucking make one noise, I will I will shoot you so fast. Don't say anything, damn it. Don't clap. Don't, Don't do it. fucking clap. Nothing. And then we get to the votes. Tina wins by one. Yeah, so uh, do you want to read off the vote spread real quick? Yes. Uh, Tina got votes from Keith, Elizabeth, Alicia, and Jerry. And Colby got votes from... Amber, Nick, and Roger. Weird spread. Yeah, it is a weird spread. Any thoughts? No, I think Colby was never going to get Jerry's vote. I think there were some that he could have pick up, picked up. I mean, in a 4-3, you, you'd think so, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he lost Elizabeth, Elizabeth's vote on her question. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I, I imagine America was very upset with this, because, like, I've... Well, like I've talked about, it seems pretty obvious that Colby's going to win, and then he doesn't. Yeah. I think I, he could have picked up Keith's vote at some point just by stoking his ego and saying, yeah, I voted you out because I didn't think, I didn't want you to to win. Or I made this deal with, with Tina, and there was nothing against you. I just had to go with my, I wanted to be true to my word. Yeah. Alicia and Jerry, I don't know how you win Alicia's vote. Maybe saying that I was the I was the challenge beast. Maybe. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, We've, Alicia pretty much says like I'd vibe more with Colby in real life, but like Tina played a great game, yeah. so I don't really see how he could win her over. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and, and then from what I've from what we ironically haven't seen, but what I've touched on very briefly in a couple episodes, extrapolated out into their exit exit interviews and all that kind of stuff, Tina's probably the more deserving winner. Yeah. <laughs> And the show's establishing early that challenges are not the end-all be-all. Correct. Or, Which is or good. Colby would have won. Yes. So what do you think? The Is this survivor culture, like, overcorrecting from, we want the, the villain won season one, we want the, like, nicest, humblest person to win season two? I think they always wanted the nicest, humblest person to win, mm-hmm. but they fucked up <laughs> <laughs> because they let Rich on the show. Correct. Um... And, I mean, really, if you think about it, anyone post-merge that isn't named Keith or Jerry, you could be you could frame them as, like, a nice, deserving person. Yeah. I and easily this, so. Th- this was a great cast, and there's a reason that a lot of them come back. Yeah. I don't think it's an overcorrection. I, I think that maybe on the producing side, a little bit. But I also think, you know, you said there are a couple ways that Colby could have won just by, like, contrasting Tina more. But I, I do truly believe that neither of them cared which one of them won. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colby's first reaction upon Tina getting that last vote is he jumps up and points at Tina and, like, screams, like, how, how happy he is for Yeah, her. you did it! Yeah. And I, it looks genuine, and I think it is genuine. Like, yeah. he, he wanted her to win. He wanted, obviously he wanted to win, but he's so happy that she won. Yeah. Because he is her friend. Well, and let's not forget, he has a new car. Mm-hmm. He has $100,000. Yep. He's America's sweetheart. You know, he's 
He's making guest appearances. He's making guest appearances on Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) Like, he has a lot of things to be very happy about with this, even if he didn't win. And almost kind of, I think, better for him, Mm -hmm. like, on a PR side, if he doesn't win. Not that I think Colby gives one flying fuck (laughs) about PR. Um, You're certainly in a better spot for future Survivor seasons if you want to come back. Yeah, that's true. I'm assuming both Colby and Tina come back. Colby and Tina will be back in All-Stars. Great. Very happy to hear Keith that. Keith will not. Very. I'm <laughs> even happier to hear that. <laughs> One, a couple last notes ending the episode. The thing that I hate, if you ever go to a live show of any kind where there is music and people are clapping, eventually the audience will start to clap in rhythm. Oh, it, it drives me crazy. This is what happens here. And one thing that I've never seen before in a finale, Jeff snuffed Colby's torch. Wait, really? Yeah. At the very end, like, everyone's celebrating, and then they kind of, like, cut to, to Jeff walking over and snuffs a torch. They don't make a big deal of, That's about so it. That's so weird. But he does it. I don't know why. That's so weird. So weird. Okay. All right. And then, like we said, we are, we are rating these seasons. Jared's list so far. And we will work on this together in tandem. Yeah. Borneo, number one yeah. of two. Australian Outback, number two. Despite the ratings difference, Australian Outback is the lower one. I mean, the sequel's always going to have more numbers because you're building off of something. Yeah. No, I mean, Borneo had a lot of challenges. I was very frustrated with Borneo at a lot of points. They kind of captured lightning in a bottle with the way that cast worked out. Mm -hmm. And even though a lot of them didn't want to play the game, they, they actually talk about this on the reunion. Okay. So they say, and again, don't go watch the reunion. Brian Goble brings up, like, you know, we saw season one cast have these deep philosophical conversations on race, on babies out of wedlock, on sexual orientation. You know, why didn't we see that with you guys? Why didn't that happen? And they're like, it did happen. It just didn't make the show. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a tragedy because I love those moments. If we're going to see slice of life, like, if we're not going to get as compelling gameplay, if we're not going to get to see what Tina's strategy is 99% of the time— that I'd like to learn about these people. Uh-huh. And the show, while it has its problems, like the racist immunity idol from season one, yeah, about that. <laughs> it also has its first two winners being uh, an out gay man and a middle-aged woman in the year 2000 slash 2001. Um, like the, the buff, charismatic, straight white guy that is America's sweetheart lost to the stay-at-home middle-aged traveling nurse mom yeah that's a that's a great story and kind of crazy for you know 2000 2001 reality tv but they don't embrace it and they don't kind of like or at least they don't they don't show us them embracing it in the edit yeah oh man more conversations through the season of like tina talking about how she's never made over minimum wage um or things or like their struggles and their lives back home and their opinions would have made, probably would have bumped this ahead of Borneo because the gameplay was better than Borneo. Yeah. The cast was better than Borneo <laughs> on a game playing level and, and really on a lot of personality levels. But season one was more entertaining because we got to know them better. Yeah. And because Borneo wasn't trying to actively <laughs> kill them. The environment was the 17th contestant and it was the second least charismatic contestant on the season. Ooh, who was the first? Keith. Okay, cool. <laughs> so just a reminder. That we have, we have set up a ma- not a majority, a large chunk of the All Stars cast now. Wow! Yeah. In All Stars, we have so far Colby, Rich, Amber, Alicia, Rudy, Jerry, Tina. 
That's wow, so yeah. many players. That's so many players. And you said this Oh, was... and Sue. Sue's in there too. Right. And this is three tribes. This is three tribes, correct. Fascinating. Okay. Three tribes of... Six? Looks like six, yes. Okay. Yep. Interesting. I'm looking at a picture and they're all on different levels. So uh, yeah. I'm like, ah, uh, who is this person? Yeah. So all amazing. But that's not all that come back. So from the season, you have eight returning players. You have Alicia, <laughs> Amber, Colby, Varner, Jerry... Kimmy, Scoopin, and Tina all coming back. Literally half the cast. Half the cast. It's amazing. It's so, jumping forward, because we still have to make predictions. This is a show where I make Jared make predictions. Yes. How do you think Tina and Colby do in All-Stars? Well, I do think being a winner will hurt Tina. I don't know at what point in the game it will hurt Tina. Okay. But I think that like Rich and Tina, I don't think they make Final Four, because you've won already. You have a million dollars. And a lot of placements based up on tribe makeup, which is so much harder with three tribes than two. Correct. I I think Colby's probably a first time he loses immunity post-merge. You keep him on your tribe until the merge because mm-hmm. he is so strong. He's a powerhouse. But you saw him go on his run. You saw him come one vote from winning you got to take him out once you hit the merge. So yeah. I don't know what number that is because I don't know how many challenges he can win in a row post-merge, but first first time he loses immunity after the merge, I think he goes home. Sure. Tina could be a vote pre-merge because she's not exceptional at the challenges and she's a previous winner. And now people know she's really good at strategy. She has the biggest target on her head with nothing to give the tribe pre-merge. Yep. So Cool. Let's speed through the reunion because we've we've been at this for a while already. Reunion, I am so sick of Bryant Gumble. Me too. I think at the first the first season it was novel, like yes. it was cute, whatever. And it made sense because Jeff was in Australia yeah. filming. I just I just don't like how he treated this. He treated this like a Jerry Springer show. Agreed. And not like, hey, these you've accomplished this great thing let's let's break down all the things you've done i have some questions the world has questions he tried to instigate fights several times i wrote down a couple notes the fuck gumble what's with these qualifiers like he goes through everyone and like has real shitty qualifiers for people like jerry and then gets to the end with deb and just says deb like not not even deb's last name yeah it gives no last name or gives that last name for everyone except for deb yeah it's like And also, like, it happens throughout the reunion, but it's constantly poking at Jerry because Jerry's an antagonist of the season. Yeah. And Jerry says something like, we're going to have breakfast again. Because I'm assuming he probably had meetings with all of the, with all the cast one-on-one to maybe, I'm sure there's a list of things that he's not allowed to ask or not allowed to talk about. Yep. (laughs) And I'm sure that's what she was referring to. But he's, like, really crossing the line. Like, I think, I think she says something like, you know, I know I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be everyone's favorite person. And he goes, and he says something along the lines of, like, you don't say or something like that or like or like yeah that's for certain mm-hmm. and it's just like really like kind of yeah you're right jerry springer like shitty like trying to stoke reactions out of people did not like it yeah and we get to the point where like we get to deb who we talked about this early on the first episode when when deb was voted out we're like this was kind of shitty for her yeah like she left and she was the laughing stock of media Mm-hmm. And she didn't. She stated that she didn't want to do this reunion. No. I'm sure she was obligated by contract to do it. And someone was like, "If you don't, we will sue you." 
Maybe. And so she had to show up. But, like, she's tr- she's fighting through tears. She's, she's like, yeah, this kind of ruined my life. And I, I wouldn't do it again. No. And I, I, I didn't even want to be here. So, like... I don't know. Why are you being mean to me? Why are you asking me a question? Why are you being mean to me? Like, yeah. leave me alone. And pe- people don't, like, a few people try to, like, comfort her. And I know I talked in the first season that when they go to commercial, everyone gives her a hug. Mm-hmm. But man, it's just shitty. Yeah, Kel tries to comfort her. And I think Mitchell says that he got to know Deb pretty well on the... The flight uh, home. Yeah, on, on, like, the flight home. Or, like, it's, they kept on on a vacation, so I'm maybe they had like the the they got to like take a vacation in Australia mm-hmm. until like a certain number of people were gone and then they flew them all home at once. Yeah, but yeah, he said he got to know her and 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 picked her up and that was really sweet. Yeah, just really bad hosting and and also like being real chauvinist. Mm-hmm. He he goes on and on about the mostly aimed at Elizabeth and Amber, like how attractive they are and like. The, like the size of their swimsuits. Yeah, ask about their bathing suits. And I'm like, dude, what is this? And they handle it both really well. They're both like, yeah, it's strategy. Like, if I'm gonna be, uh, if I'm gonna be, you know, going through some physical challenge, I don't want top flying off. Yeah. Because he basically asks them, why don't you wear skimpier bathing suits? It's, it's gross. Yeah. Because Colleen and Jenna got attention for it in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things of note. Amber talks about hiding annoyance, like. Of course. Of course I'm going to hide. Why, what strategy does it give me to be showing people that I don't like them? Jerry says her way of surviving it was making it everyone else's problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mad Dog plays the the didgeridoo for all of us. And True. And lets us know that she's gone through menopause. <laughs> Correct. Not like between the show filming. Long ago, presumably. Yes. They show a picture of her from the 70s and like... Also, we should talk about, like, how, like, okay, a cab, but, uh, <laughs> like, what kind of balls of steel you need to be a female detective in 1977. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is not a welcoming environment at all. No, she, uh, good for her. But also, yeah. A cab. <laughs> we'll get back to that in a few seasons. Yeah, I don't know. Like, just nothing else the tapes were weird. The tapes were weird. The only other thing I'll say is, first of all, they put a Reebok spokesman in the audience to ask Hilarious. a question and say, from Reeboks, congratulations. And the, every time I see Varner on stage, I'm so mad that we get robbed, that we got robbed of him. Because, so they have a little anecdote where, like, he knew he was going home, or at mm. least he really thought he was going home. And they all had, like, they had their own mini merge feast where they had caught, like, 13 fish and had them on a line. When they come back, they thought, like, a crocodile ate them or something. But nope. A Varner, knowing that he was probably going home, cut the line and let it go out into the river. Fucking unbelievable. How? Okay. Robbed. Robbed of Varner. <laughs> we will get more of Varner. I know, Varner's but it's not back. for a long time. It is not for a long time. <laughs> and I want to close this episode with Colby's words of wisdom for the next season, which were, expect the worst. Survivor Africa, expect the worst. I think that's what we're going to get. <laughs> I have a feeling this one will be, you know, in my rankings, this one will be third, like, okay. of the three. Sure. And it will probably continue to fall for a while. Yeah. I don't know anything about this season. Um, but from everything you've, you know, the little hints you've thrown in there, and from what the show is throwing in there, mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be even more challenging. 
<laughs> if we my over under on person being killed by hippo is like 0.5 like i'm split in the middle <laughs> <laughs> all right any final thoughts it's nice that jerry and keith are in couples counseling uh, bumper <laughs> That'll do it for this, the second season of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. If you are looking for the first episode of season three, you're going to have to wait because we have a bonus episode coming out where Jared and I talk about the movie that we have threatened to talk about for a long time, which is Gone, starring Dirk and Joel from season one. Which, yeah. Yep, we sure do. Uh, I'm so excited. We've already watched it. We're, we're about to record it. It's so so you're going you're gonna to hear our thoughts here soon. I need to find a way that everyone can watch this movie because it is, oh. <laughs> but yes, stay stay tuned. We have our first episode of season three coming with possibly assuming that all schedules work out. Another special guest from another podcast, so stay tuned. And yeah, I'm just I'm super happy where we're at. We're two seasons in, forty to go. <laughs> I wonder if I put Gone on YouTube, if it would even get copyright striked. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Survivor Turning Break Time podcast does not advocate for piracy. Yes, we do. What you do on your own is none of my concern. Uh, I'm taking the official stance. Don't listen to Jared. Don't listen to me. This is not the official stance. But when, when you can no longer purchase a medium that you want to purchase, like if you want to give them your money... And they make it impossible for you to give them your money. Why would you give them money? Piracy is a moral requirement. Jared, I already had to cut this out of the other episode. Don't make me do it again. I didn't even notice you cut it out of the last episode. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Thank you so much. We love your emails. We love you hanging out with us. We love watching our numbers and watching this grow into something that is more than just a passion project. Something that you guys like as much as we like. So thank you once again. I will continue to thank you as this goes on. For my co-host... Oh, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't. Oh, that was... I want, I want to plug... I want to plug this show. I want to plug... Reviews. Uh, us continuing. Sure. If you want to set a review, if you want to review us on whatever app you listen to podcasts, I've heard people call it podcatchers. No. People call it that. If you want to review us, please do. Thank you. It helps us so much. It helps people find it if even if you just want to put stars put five stars and no text that's great if you put the word podcatchers in your review i'm reporting it (laughs) don't well do actually i want to see all of them have podcatchers in it i hate (laughs) Stephen. do you have anything you want to promote yeah uh going back to our sailing the high seas discussion i want to promote the website for tourism for somalia jared no no this is a real thing okay Go look up the Somalian tourism website. Fascinating. Basically, the entire website is don't come here. Okay. You will die. Okay. But if you need to, we have mul- we have like paramilitary groups that will escort you around, but do not come because you will die. Holy shit. And then there's like one, one guy used it as an ad for his bar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> On that note. We will see you in Survivor Africa. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey.